0: From the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, you are listening to the Coach's Edge Podcast, powered by Coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer.
1: I'd like to welcome Travis Rosema, Hart Girls Basketball, to the Coach's Edge podcast. Podcast coach, as you were just telling me before you hit record, longtime listener, first time caller, uh, sort of speak. But we're glad to have you on the on the podcast, especially after being a Edge.Coach member, first of all, and coming off of a historic season for Heart Girls basketball. It's great to have you on early after the season. So you can tell us a little bit about what you think made this team so special, this team so successful and other coaches are going to be curious uh going to the state final four what are some things that you have implemented and continue to implement with your program uh that allow it to to build and be successful not just a one-hit wonder but you're building and growing as every uh program wishes wishes to do so why don't you introduce yourself first and tell us a little bit about this past season
0: yeah so um first thanks for inviting me and having me on um like you said I've been Following you and been a member of Coach's Ed's for some time now, but, um, you know, Travis Rose, my I am the varsity girls basketball coach at Hart High School um, up in Michigan. A lot of people don't know where that's at, but if I say Silver Lake, Sand Dunes, like, oh yeah, we know where you're at. So um, up here by the Sand Dunes and, uh, you know, been the coach here for five years.
1: Tell us, obviously, okay, varsity coach since 2018. You, you've you coached at some different areas and some lower levels before you became the varsity coach at Hart. Tell us a little bit about this past season.
0: Yeah, so this season was quite memorable. Um, you know, a lot of people have said historic. It, it is, we we made some history at Hart. Um, traditionally, we have not been a top-tier program that, wins um conference and wins all these uh you know these titles but this this past season um you know great group of girls great coaching staff um we were able to um, go undefeated in our conference play Um, we changed from west michigan conference to we added a couple more teams so now we're the west michigan lakes and the west michigan rivers uh, we were on the Riverside, went 12 and Um, scheduled, tried to schedule some tougher non-conference opponents to get us ready um, for a potential postseason run. So we won that conference, um, had some losses during the year. We lost to uh, Kent City, who, if you're from Michigan, I think everyone knows Kent City in basketball, and then uh, lost to Holland Christian on a – really, really tough loss, double overtime, um, up by three, give up a three, um, but the game we learned from, and then we lost to Lake city, who's the perennial powerhouse up in the North. So, uh, you know, the season ends, we end up 19 and three, we got to play 22 games this year in the state of Michigan, um, went on to districts and we had to play, um, two conference opponents. So, you know, playing these teams for the third time. uh, Mason County in the district final really, really played us well. They were actually beating us in the fourth quarter. Um, And I just thought our effort was better. So we were able to win that district, go in the regionals, and we were probably at that time really playing some of our best basketball. I had a lot of buy-in from the girls um, and ran into that Kent City team I mentioned earlier. and. Just played a really great defensive game. Um, Aspen Botel, my senior point guard, really put us on her back. Um, you know, she was guarding their best player. She gave up 22 points, but she really did a great job on um, Lexi Bowers. Um, ended up winning that game. She went four for four in the last minute from the free throw line. Um, and that was only our second regional. Win ever. First one in the last 30 years since 92. Got into the corners at quarterfinals and played Buchanan. Um, Buchanan was ranked number one in the state all year long. Um, They got a girl by the name of Faith Carson. Six foot five. D1 commit to Ohio State. um, And my tallest girl is 5'9". So um, we just went into that game knowing in believing that we could win. So we really just, um we played really well defensively that game. We took away their point guard. Faith did what, I mean, you can't stop someone six foot five. So, um, and then won that game, got to the Breslin center, just really great experience doing that. Didn't play our best game at the President Center, but just that the season we had was amazing. Just watching the community support us and gather around us and just the love they gave Mm -hmm. um, this basketball team was just, you know, special. And hopefully we can do it again.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, just super cool, especially for some of these smaller town schools that haven't had, you know, this perennial success year after year. And to see how the community and and even other communities that are local to them start to get behind and and follow the nearest team that continues to make a run is really, really cool. And Ohio State, I mean, that's one of the top girls programs in the nation, not just the Big Ten or the Midwest. Like, I mean, that's um, just really cool to see and hear you you guys are getting better throughout the course of of the season and scheduling a tough non-conference, taking a couple lumps there in the regular season, I'm sure, paid off as well as we were talking through email you were talking about your pillars of play right Mm -hmm. some of the standards that you have and it reminded me of you know one of the documents that we have in our coach's edge and it talks about our our coaching guide and the, the there's the pillars of play on there and you started talking about that and I was like oh this this is like one of my favorite topics uh talk hear from coaches on what their pillars are so Uh, What do you mean by that? And how do you, you know, we'll dig into some of those things. Why do you think that allowed you to be so successful this year?
0: Yeah. So, you know, that the the document you're talking about, I actually reached out to you last fall. Mm -hmm. I was at a meeting and asked if I could have a copy of it, tried to make it our own. Mm -hmm. So Pillows of Play or um, Foundations or Building Blocks of our program, I kind of interchange all those words. Um, you know, and talking to the girls, like we're known for, you ask anyone we play in our conference, we're going to play fast. Um, and we're going to come at you defensively. So over the summer, those were the things we were talking about is, Hey, let's play fast and by fast, you know, up-tempo, aggressive on offense and get after it on defense. And as the season went along, I just like, you know, that's great. We got these two, but I, I just felt we were missing something. Um, so halfway through the year, it was, we added effort. Um, and when I say effort, I guess, um, it's not, not every day are you going to have your best day, but, um, can I come to practice and give the girls my best that I can give them every day? And can they give me the best version of who they are every day? Um, you know, there's so many external factors that these athletes face. So um, can they give me the best to their ability every day? So we added that effort component um, midway through the season. But like I said, the the three of them right now and probably what we're going to stick with, I don't see us adding any. Is just playing fast, playing aggressive, um, really making a constant trade it effort to get after it on defense and those two are kind of along the same line because my offense and defense we, we like to mirror one another have the same type of uh philosophy on both and then effort mm-hmm. so those would be our pillars of play
1: you know you you made a great point of you know every day you're not going to feel your best you know I might walk in the gym one day and feel physically like what I'm only 80 percent I'm not my, my full self. I'm, I'm banged up long road trip last night, studying for an exam, whatever it might be, but can I give all of my 80%? Can I give all of whatever I have? That's that efforts uh, aspect that you've added to your pillars. What did that conversation look like? Cause you were already in season when you decided to make this a point of emphasis.
0: Well, it, it was, uh, it was before a game. Like I, drew up like a pyramid. And at the bottom was our, was our foundation was what I was saying that day. And I said, remember who we are. We play fast and we play great defense. And I just looked at the girls. I'm like, something's missing. Like, you know, there's more to it than this. Um, And it, it was a tight game. And I was like, you know, it's effort. You guys always, we've talked about it before, like give us the best, you every day and and they do they really buy in and do that and right there in the locker room pre-game speech I added an effort and you know um later in the year that third mason county game it was we're gonna win this game because we will give more effort than they will mm-hmm. um and I think that really the effort component is really the key piece to our postseason run just um the consistent effort and um, playing hard um, mm-hmm. really pushed us over the edge later on.
1: So every coach listening to this right now is is nodding their head. Yep. We need to get more effort out of our kids. What does it look like? You know, like if you were to watch game film, or if you were to be at a practice and you were to stop a play and point out like, that's what effort looks like for heart girls basketball, you know, what, what would that, you know, look like for a coach who's walking in the gym, checking you guys out for the first time? So
0: um, I I mentioned her name already, Aspen. Like if anyone came in to the gym and wanted to see what effort or what I'm talking about, what, what I meant by effort, I would point to Aspen. Um, Another one would be Mariana. And I'm, I'm fortunate where I don't have the coach effort. The girls, bring it every day Um, and that's probably a product of you know when they're in third fourth grade it was effort seventh eighth grade coaches made them bring it every day but um you know these girls um mariana is five foot four but she's going to give me a hundred percent she's going to box out she's going to make the right pass she's going to run the court um if i tell aspen you need to lock this girl down. She's going to do it. Um, so just doing those things is the effort. And just, mm-hmm. I mentioned Aspen just because defensively, I don't think there's a better on guard defender in D3 in the state. And mm-hmm. that's even something that the Buchanan coach said after the game was, mm-hmm. man, she she guards.
1: <laughs> it's always great to have uh, one of those. Uh, that's There's no doubt about that. You talked about how, your pillars complement one another and I think that's a great nugget for us to think about as coaches because in our mind we have may have an idea of what we should look at defensively and how we should play what we should do from the offensive standpoint but they don't complement one another can you talk about how being fast being aggressive those have really gone hand in hand with your style of play and how, really how you're able to transition from offense and defense uh, so seamlessly this season.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it goes back to when, when I played and um, you and I are around the same age. So when I played, it was, you're going to run motion offense. Cause that's, that's what when, Bob you know, we're getting in. old
1: coaches, but it's like yeah. back when we played, <laughs> so we
0: were going to run motion and flex. So you're going to, and uh, my coach is like, it's going to work. you have to run the play and, just keep doing it, it's going to work. Um, so that's kind of like when I started coaching, I'm like, man, I'm going to run motion. And then after a while, as a JV coach, I'm like, man, I just want to wanna get more shots up than the other team. Mm-hmm. So then we started pressing and playing defense, but offensively, hey, slow it down and run this play, run this mm-hmm. set. Um, so it was probably about four or five years ago, my first, second, um, year has a varsity coach um, my assistant at the time was like you know you want them to do all this defensively and get after it and play hard and then you slow them down like you're you're confusing them and it, it just kind of made me think and from there it went okay you know let's let's open this up let's um, you know we try to implement the dribble drive um and do other things off of it but you Know it was just like if I'm going to ask them to get after it on defense and put all this effort in, we need to run on offense, we need to play quick, um, and be aggressive. So, a lot of times offensively, we're not running and looking for a certain shot, we're looking for the best, the best shot early. So, I mean, if we're in transition, I believe, I I mean, we're gonna shoot transition threes. I'm at the Breslin Center and the radio announcer for the game just came up. It's like, man, what's up with all these threes? I'm like, you know, if we're open, we're gonna shoot. Um, you know, I I don't really like the 18, the 14 footer, but if it's open, you gotta shoot it because why pass up an open shot to to take a contested shot? So I just feel like if we can play fast um get an advantage even if it's small advantage and create a larger advantage we'll get a we'll get a shot quickly mm-hmm. um and then girls love probably guys too like they just love to play that way they want to play up tempo yeah. they don't want to run flex and do all this other stuff so right. um i just thought it was important that this is the style of play we're playing and it's going to be on both sides of the basketball so if I'm if I'm gonna expect you to give a hundred percent effort and press and hustle on defense, I need to let you go and do the same thing on offense and not constrict
1: mm-hmm. what they were doing. Really letting the defense feed the offense. And yeah, I I just keep thinking back to my conversation with Coach Green at Kingston. He talked about in girls' basketball, especially the ability to give pressure and handle pressure is really where the game begins and then you you build off of that which is what you guys have done you talked about also the fact that you're changing your defenses right you have multiple right. presses that you use tell us a little bit about that and how that helps you guys this season so this year we
0: didn't do it as much but we we kind of use a three-quarter court, one, three quarter court 131 and then we go um just full court man We'll try to deny um, a couple of rules, like don't get beat over top. And then we'll run people at you from behind. We'll run people from the front. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some rules, you know, if they get in a certain spot on the court, we're going to send someone because you're there. Um, so it's just a lot of work we put in. I I used to do a lot of one, two, two, that doesn't seem to work as well. So, More so it's man, but just multiple different ways to come at you and a man. Um, You know, are we going to deny one player and make someone else dribble and make them? Because like you said, you know, if they only have one girl that can dribble and we can put it in someone else's hands. um, I believe my, (laughs) my, my, my defenders better. I, you know, I tell people this all the time. I believe I have better athletes.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so if we can force you to get it to someone who doesn't want the ball and get a steal that way that's what we'll do so um multiple ways to attack out of the the full court man um and later on in the playoffs when you play better teams we still want to give pressure but i mean they're gonna scout you they're gonna know what you do so you got to be able just to stay in front and give pressure Mm -hmm. as well and just being able to do that for 32 minutes is going
1: to cause havoc on
0: people as well.
1: Well, I love the fact that you got different calls defensively within the same man-to-man. So as a team who's scouting you, I still don't necessarily know what you're going to run because it looks right. the same to start, right? You're still in that man-to-man, but okay, maybe there's a specific call where, you know, we're, we're locking left and pushing everybody to a certain side. Maybe it's a certain call where if this one player gets the ball, they're a weak ball handler, we're going to trap them. But if it goes to the primary ball handler, we're going to concentrate on staying in front because they might be a better passer and can take advantage of. If we get a double, the ball goes to a certain location. We're going to, we're going to go get it there. Or like you said, maybe we're bringing a trap from different locations, but as a coach, I'm coming, I'm saying this, this defense looks the same as the last possession, right? But you called it a different look a different option out. I mean, it's, it's easy to say in a podcast. I mean, this is hard stuff to teach. This takes a long time to, to teach. And so it's, a, it's a credit to you. It's a credit, your coaching staff. It's a credit to your players for, for buying in uh, because it's difficult to do this, but it's also really, really difficult to play against, which, you know, you the the proof is in the pudding with how successful you guys have, have been. It's just tremendous, tremendous stuff. You mentioned a little bit offensively of, Hey, we're, we're looking more so to the advantage than we're looking for a, a specific shot, so to speak right. when, when you're in your offense how do you go about practicing that or communicating that to your players so they don't get caught up in, you know, I, I need to run to a certain spot or I, I should take this shot, I shouldn't take this shot? I'm just thinking, what's the communication and what would a practice look like of something that you'd be working on? So
0: we do a lot of breakdown and advantage drills. Um, coach Hubby, my assistant coach, um, did a lot of research into um, transition two-sided break so that's what we ran and he found a lot of drills off of that and he he asked you you know he's like I want to I want to coach transition and um, one thing I've learned is it doesn't always need to be my way and you know there's there's smarter people than what I am or people who can deep dive into transition while i handle something else so he handled um a lot of that he's he's great at teaching skills but he came up with uh um some breakdown drills for um advantage so you know we we would work on those 10 minutes a day um two-on-one stuff i've seen a lot of stuff that you do um and what we do is similar so um the coach will pass the ball and we'll tell them you have these two or three options and then the defense will close out and based on that read she's either going to shoot or pass um and we build off it off of there we'll go three on two um we'll go two on two and um we call it our russian drill um we have to dribble one girl's on one side of the lane with the ball she's got to dribble all up and do a dribble handoff and that gives the person getting the handoff an advantage, um, and then we'll put someone in what we call the dunker spot, and then we'll move them out to the three-point line. But it's just basically, can I get to the basket, um, or is the defense coming over and calling for the pass? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, as far so as you that to uh, is that two on two?
0: Yeah, that's two yeah. on
1: two. Mm-hmm.
0: So as far as the reads go, a lot of it is. You know, if you can't see someone's chest or you can't see the letter of their jerseys looking at you, you should probably take it yourself and finish. Um, if they're coming over and committing, you know, you need it's probably gonna be a pass. Mm-hmm. And if that person catches and shoots on that pass for the open three, that's what we practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we'll go, you know, five on five on two. 4 on 2 transition 4 on 3 transition and just try to get early shots and early decisions and just try to make them uh think the game of basketball and I could really see it starting last year when he first started this and then the morph of this year just the number of girls that were calling one more because mm-hmm. or communicating that you know in a way that they're open so the the progress of that has been fantastic for us
1: well, that's tremendous you know from a handful of different things but as a head coach you got to have your hands in so many different areas regarding the, the basketball program and so to be able to have a solid assistant or multiple assistant coaches that you can hand the keys over to in, in certain areas of the game is is tremendous i think that's something as coaches as head coaches we should all strive for right because as a head coach if you're feel like you're doing everything you're not doing it right you're not doing it right right we got you got to put other people in a position to succeed and uh that's uh, fantastic as far as some of the small sided games that you guys are playing i think kids get so many repetitions in and they learn so much faster because you're picking the situation that's going to happen a lot in the game and you're repping it and you're repping it and say okay defense could help you know on the baseline they could you know be in denial out on the corner and like you said See chest okay let's get to two feet on balance let's work on that kickout pass right you don't you don't see their chest it's more shoulder to hip shoulder to shoulder let's let's keep them on our on our side and, and work on finishing up strong those types of drills and uh, are, are just tremendous for player development no question about that as we had a coach's edge meeting maybe two weeks ago and I'm thinking of some of the things that we talked about as coaches were wrapping up their season. And you said a couple of really cool things. One was about being able to adapt right C- Can you go in a little bit more of you know what you mean by that? um
0: you know, just being able to change um what we do so first off that com- to me that goes to I've already mentioned it like i I'm not the smartest person in the room or you know i I need to have that belief that there's other people who can help. So I need, when I first started coaching, I had to have control of everything. Um, but the other thing is, you know, we try to give the girls the tools to be successful, but we gotta, we have to use our eyes and our ears to know if something isn't working. Um, so they need to feel comfortable coming up to myself or an assistant and say, this isn't working. Um, you know, when I was a basketball player, when I was in high school, it was no, this is what you're going to do and it's going to work. Um, but I just feel we need to listen to our players. They're the ones on the court. Um, you know, if, if we're hedging boss screens, we love to hedge ball screens and we're not getting an advantage off of it. And they come over and, and the girls tell me this isn't working, which this was an example that happened in the game. It was like, okay, we need the, we never practice it. And it's like, all right, we need to go under. Or we need to, you know, change the way we're playing defense. So being able to, like I said, listen for input from players and coaches and change what you're doing is important. Um, You know, we talked about we're man to man, like we're going to play man to man, and I probably lost us two three games because we're playing man to man. That's what we do Um, this season. If something wasn't working and an assistant or one of the girls said, hey, our, they're killing us on man-to-man. We would go zone or we would change change what we're doing. So um, me being not so stubborn and learning to take input and adapt, um, I guess people would say what, well, uh, make adjustments. It was uh, key not only to my progressing as a coach, but for our program. So just, just not always trying to uh, – make stuff work and being all of the change was huge
1: it's about finding something that works instead of as a coach just saying well i'm right and this, right. this is the way it is and i i gotta admit you know as, as you mentioned we're about the same age it's got to be a lot more fun to play for somebody like that than it is like okay i just do whatever i'm supposed to do and we can't have some of these conversations player to coach because truly players and coaches we got the same goal right we both want right. to be successful as a team so if if that's the ultimate goal for us why can't we have more of an open conversation about what's working and what's not working obviously as coach you get the final say and being able to adapt to adjust while sticking to those pillars those standards that you have in your program is you know been a key key to your success you also mentioned as we finish out the podcast you also mentioned in um, one of our meetings the importance of taking care of the body, right? Long season, especially you guys going to the final weekend uh, in Michigan for the state tournament, so the longest season basically possible for you guys. What were some of the things that you emphasized to make sure that your girls were, were feeling healthy, feeling strong throughout the course of a long season?
0: Yeah, so um, it kind of goes back to what you and Coach uh, throw from, I probably said that wrong, from Charlevoix. Um, you guys talked about the three R's and he added a fourth one in there that you said you were going to adapt, but it kind of came back to that rest and recovery for us. And during the summer, I mean, June basketball, you're just game after game after game. And during that, the girls were starting to really feel it. And I, I talked to a fellow coach, Kyle Thiessen at uh, Midland Dow, and he was telling me how, he gives his team off every Wednesday to do yoga. So I, I just started thought, thinking about that. And that was a big component of where we went. And I came back to heart and started talking to our trainer, Aaron, and um, just talking about the importance of rest and recovery. Um, and we had, we had a ton of injuries my first year as a coach, anything from ACL every year to just nagging muscle injuries. Um, so, um aaron's really big in the eastern european training stuff so he talked to me about um just stretching and that's kind of where i wanted to go so we we it to try to stretch after every game and when i say after i mean the day after so give the girls time to stretch after every game and that's not always or couldn't always happen um we play on tuesday Thursday and Friday. So one week we'll play Tuesday, Thursday. The next week we'll play Tuesday, Friday. So if it was a Tuesday, Friday game, we would give them 30 minutes. Like we'd be like, all right, Aaron, you have you have the girls for 30 minutes, do your stretching. Um, and then he does a lot of RPR. Um, I kind of call it voodoo. Um, but
1: I RPR, dude. I do RPR. I love reflexive performance reset. I do it before I do my lunges every day.
0: So he, he would do RPR with the girls. And at first he's like, he would push on them and they'd fall over and he'd activate their muscles with the RPR and they wouldn't move. Not I'm many like,
1: people know about RPR. That's it's like a secret, secret stuff. You said voodoo. It's like that. Cause not many people know about it, but I I'm, I'm a believer. I started doing it two years ago.
0: So we, we started doing it in the summer and the girls were just, they're like, this helps this helps. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to give you time to do this during the season. Like we just felt that strongly that it's important to recover. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yes, lifting will help you with injuries, but stretch those muscles out, recover, um, you know, about RPR. So I'm um, just, I mean, they were, they were going to Aaron before a game and be like, Hey, can we do, can we do the muscle activation? Right. Can, and finally you would hear them say, Hey, we need to do RPR. Someone would be like, Hey, we need to do that voodoo stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, they would they would do that with them. Um, regional final game was at Shelby seven minutes away from us. We get there early and they're out on the court doing stretches and RPR with Aaron. Yeah, you know, people are probably looking, people are looking
1: at looking it. At like, what the what the heck kind of exercise this yeah. is this? This this isn't stretching. It's like, yeah, it's 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 but I really,
0: yeah, I feel it was beneficial. Um, we're gonna continue doing it moving forward. I really think it's worth twenty to thirty minutes after games and just giving up that time.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, know. I mean, coaches listening, they don't know what RPR is. I mean, you you can look it up. I had um, I had a coach in Ohio come out and he it's not like I, I became trained in or anything like that, but he put me through like an hour of explaining every exercise tested me before testing me after gave me the handouts, gave me the, all, you know, presentations on it, stuff like that. And it's, it's very unique. Like you'll do something at the base of your skull down to your neck and it activates your glutes. Like the, the, the body's connected in ways that you wouldn't quite think, but it really helps unlock, unlock you. Um, so you, you can perform better. So, uh, it's just really interesting right there. We could go on a whole tangent, apologies to our listeners. Like what the heck do these guys talk about? You just have to look it up. Maybe we'll do another podcast on it, uh, sometime, but, um, it, it's really important that we're finding ways to take care of our kids, right? right. Because, you know, you, you have this engine and you have the wheels and all these things. And, and if one thing, you know, if the oil's not changed, engine's going to fall apart. You're not changing the tires. You know, car is going to fall apart. I mean, every little thing you got to take care of: sleep, hydration, uh, making sure you're putting the right things in your body, and obviously something like taking care of your body uh, with different types of stretching and different exercises can go uh, a really long way. And that's another example, coach, of being adaptive, right? Because when you're in high school, nobody knew what RPR was, for an example, but you were able to look and be like, you know, the trainer has this idea. Kids tried it out, they liked it. And so not being stuck in, well, this is the way we've always done it. We can change. We can do something new. And uh, you know, you continue to tweak, adjust. And, you know, that's our goal is to continue to get better as coaches. I mean, is that how is that the exciting thing for you as a coach? Is you just feel like you're you're constantly kind of learning, adapting, and improving?
0: Yeah, it's exciting because when you try new things and they work, and then you can add them to your bag and you have more ways to help develop players and help them meet their goals. And, um, it's, it's just exciting, um, mm-hmm. you know, builds up the the program and gets the community excited.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Well, congratulations again on a fantastic season. Uh, I was going to ask you before you go, I mean, you're a member of coaches you've been for, I think, I don't know, uh, probably a year and a half or so at this point. Uh, why did you join Coach's Edge and our membership? You know, if a coach is curious listening and they're thinking about joining, what would you tell them?
0: Um, so like I said at the beginning, I I don't remember how I was brought on or someone pointed your podcast out if I found it on my own or, um, you know, you being from Michigan and the West Side at Hope, I just kind of found your podcast and I really enjoyed listening to it. And a lot of the stuff you were saying, um is what we were doing. And you had a lot of um handouts or a lot of uh documents that you shared about a year and a half and I'm just looking at these I'm like, man, these are great. Um and just the value that we get and being able to the coaches meeting going over being able to go to coaches meeting on Sunday when we have time and just discuss and um you know share the game of basketball with each other and just it's just has really provided me a great opportunity. Like the pillars of play is something, um, mm-hmm. you know, the sheet that you had made. So it's like, man, I've, I've been meaning to do that and it's just makes it easier. It saves me time. Um, a lot of re- great resources, but um, it's really been beneficial to me. And um, I think our program has benefited as well.
1: Well, it's really cool to hear you say that. And, you know, on top of, as you mentioned, we have a ton of resources. We're continuing to build new resources. We have some stuff on dribble drive. We have some new small-sided games that we're coming out with. Um, we have some motion offense, uh, down screen. Drill. Like, we have a lot of things we're working on with Coach's Edge. But the one cool thing about it is you mentioned the meetings. It's it's being able to be a basketball coach. You join a the meeting. There's some coaches from who knows where on the meeting, depending on who logged in that day, right? It's a different right. group, every meeting. And they're your peers, right? It, it, with with the same goal in mind of, I want to improve, right? I mean, you're not going to join Coach's Edge unless you want to become a better coach and you take yourself pretty seriously in that area. Otherwise you wouldn't join. So, you know, just by going to a meeting, the other people in there are peers. They're in the same, not exact same situation as you, but they can relate to you. And then you start right. to share, you know, strengths, weaknesses, things that people have done, their learning experiences. And I just think that I can, I can speak for myself. I think like I'm learning at a faster rate. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it accelerates learning. It puts things right at your fingertips and isn't as hard to, uh, find quality material. So
1: I appreciate that. It's, uh, Definitely fun. And we're certainly glad that that you're a member and, you know, you've listened to the podcast for a while, but now you're, now you're uh, a guest on the show. So that's even, that's even better. Uh, Thanks for sharing your experiences and uh, props to the heart community, heart schools, uh, you know, your coaching staff, your players, Uh, a season like this uh, doesn't go, doesn't happen with a lot lot of people all rowing in the right direction. So coach, thanks for being on the podcast. Congrats again on a great season. Thank you.